It's the Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to an all-new episode of The Weekend Show. I have the great pleasure of being joined by my controversial co-host, Garrett. Say hello, Garrett. What's cracking? That was controversial. I'm super hip. Coming up on the show this week, we discuss some of the more interesting pop culture stories from the last week. We round up the best of the web in Netflix. Also, coming up a little later on, we talk movies that are so bad, they're good. I'm also told that there will be a little quizzing action, so stay tuned. I'm quizzing you. It's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm inquisitory. Before we delve into the, the main talking points of the week, Gar, we're back. We were forced into a brief hiatus, but... We have taken the time to reflect and now we are back and better than ever. Garrett, my good man, what have you been doing with yourself? Force is an interesting way to put that. Sorry, guys, we missed last week. Yeah. Um, you know, scheduling conflicts, basically work. Mm. Anytime, anytime work decides to screw me over, it's... I was very busy myself doing nothing. Yeah. Well, you're you're doing a thesis, Garrett. I am. I, I, I did have to go into college the, the Friday before we were going to record, the day we were going to go to FOTA, but our plans to go to the zoo were scuppered by me having to be stuck in college. FOTA is a local zoo where we're from, and it's it's um, unfortunate Garrett was not able to join us on this occasion. Yeah. I, I, I've developed an unhealthy obsession with Mario Maker, Ken, because review copies of it, it's not out until the 11th of September. Where you can, it's a game where you can build your own Mario levels. Review copies of it are out right now. So there's like a bunch of people playing it. And like I follow them on Twitter and I watch a bunch of YouTube videos. And I, I want to play it. And I, I saw a tweet from you that says that you irrationally hate everyone that's had an advanced yeah. uh, review copy. Yeah, I hate them. You, you miss much at the zoo, Gar. Um, they have tigers now. Oh, I wanted to see tigers. The tigers are... Tigers are cool. They're quite elusive, though. They like to hide. Like, like they're in a big area. So, like, if they don't feel like coming out, you're just kind of standing there looking at trees. I paid my admission fee. You should show up when I come here. Get this tiger out here. And there was... Uh, they have a rhino now, but they only have one. So, he's just laying on his side looking all forlorn. Poor guy. Poor guy is just lonely. Na, 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 na. Uh, I think it's like... It's kind of like... You wouldn't go to the zoo every weekend. It's a good walk. It's a nice, it's, good yeah, it's, a nice, it's a nice little stroll. Oh, look, giraffes. And uh, you get to see uh, one of the cool things about uh, FOTA, if you're ever in West Cork in Cove, well, it's going towards West Cork, is that they, a lot of the animals roam around. So you'll see a lot of like... You'll get eaten by tigers. Yeah. Well, not the dangerous ones. <laughs> yeah, but like, obviously, yeah. Like uh, they, they let the kangaroos and they let the peacocks and stuff roam they around. They have kangaroos? They do. Little wallab- maybe wallabies. I don't know what the difference is. They, they didn't have them when I was last there. I've admittedly not been there for like over a decade. Yeah, but. no, they have like, and they just eventually, a lot of the time they kind of hop over their clearing and they escape and you get there by like the picnic tables and stuff. Can you ride them to freedom? No, I wouldn't suggest touching them because they have quite a strong kick. Yeah, they they're, they're, they have like boxing gloves, don't they? All kangaroos, they don't have the box. Yeah, apparently their, their pouches just have like... Can you sit in their pouch? No, apparently it has like lots of... Like gunk in them or something to keep, like, to keep things stuck in there. <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel sorry for the babies. It looks really like unhygienic. Moral stories: Animals are icky. Yeah, de- uh, I would think so. All animals are icky. No, I mean like the the tigers looked quite clean. They kind of clean themselves. Did they have any baby tigers? No. I remember when I was in a zoo in I think it was Miami. They had these like baby snow tigers and they were white and they were like super adorable. I so- wanted to kidnap it. That sounds quite rare, guy. You're probably endangering their their rehabilitation program. I, I'd love it, Ken. It would be happy because I'd love it to death or to life. Loving it to death is not ideal. No, you could probably. <laughs> you, <laughs> Garrett made the species extinct by by stealing one for his own personal gain. They were so cute, though. Baby animals are always much better than adult animals. There should Agreed. be a baby animal zoo, and they should just ship them off the second they're like no longer cute. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're you're a teenage tiger now. Get out of here. Get out of here in your moody phase. We just want the cute, adorable ones. They're just gonna paw at you, just and just like sneeze, and you're like, oh, oh look at look at look at the cute animals. Uh-huh. So we recommend going to the zoo. It's it's a nice day out. Yeah, go to your zoo. Go don't to get zoo. stuck in college so that you can't go to your zoo. Exactly. Let's get to it, shall we, girl? Indeed. When you wish upon a star, the result might just be our top story this week. Do you like that segue? That's a, it's a nice segue. Aw. You're a segue master. I am. I couldn't think of a segue pun. Walt Disney Pictures, now known as just Disney, they're kind of trying to 
they're you know, gigantic now. They're bigger than films. Yeah, they're trying to like shrink their brand. Like everyone's trying to do that these days. Shrink their brand to some one name or one symbol or something like that. Anyway, Disney held their annual D23 conference. Uh, don't let that confuse you. It's not there hasn't been 23 of them. I I don't I know their fan club is called D23. Yeah. Otherwise, I have no idea why. Why I don't know why it's called D twenty three. There's probably a reason. Were they? Was nineteen twenty three when the first Disney thing was? That could. That sounds plausible. That's around right. Yeah, that Steamboat Willie maybe. Basically, every year in the Expo Center or the Exhibition Center in Anaheim, California, where you know, uh, Walt Disney himself lived. Yep, Disney are based in, in Anaheim, aren't they? Exactly. They hold Disneyland is in Anaheim. Exactly. They is it? I think it is, isn't it? I was near there. I was in Disneyland last year. I didn't like. It was quite a trip from LA, so it's possible I was in I'm Anaheim. I'm pretty sure it's in. It's not in. Uh, it's not in Los Angeles. It is outside of the city. So all the Disney studios and properties come together to to show their wares as such. It's basically the Comic Con of Disney, which sounds amazing. It is. It's just everything Disney shoved into one exhibition center, going, "It's a small world after all." <laughs> And everyone's bouncing along looking at giant Mickey Mouses. Me and Gar are hatching a plan to go there someday. We want to go because there's there's all these conferences. There's E3, there's Comic Con, there, there's this one. Yeah. I want to go to all of them. Which, all of them. Kenneth. Which one do you want to go more? It's I, Disney I, for me. I think Comic Con would be cool. But because Disney do have a presence at Comic Con. Yeah. The thing about Comic Con is it's very difficult to get into the cool stuff there's there. There's so many people there. Exactly. Whereas there's actually a, a ticket called the sorcerer's ticket you become a sorcerer when you buy it you're like merlin's apprentice yeah and basically you get you get like loads of exclusive merchandise as part of the ticket you get like uh early access to the convention you get access to all the 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 events all the panels and you get like first access to all the the shops with the exclusive merchandise and access to finger food and snacks this costs two grand it's a lot of money uh it's a and, lot of money, and I would be very tempted to spend that money. It's a lot of money, <laughs> and, and the only th- the thing is, like, I spent two grand on that, and I'd spend, probably spend that month again on the merchandise. Yeah, well. I remember in Tokyo Disney, you were just wandering around, it's like, oh, what should I get? Ooh, yeah, it's just like, like if you could, you just buy all this Disney stuff, and your house would be you, you, your house. There are people that do that. There are just like Disney maniacs that have their house filled with Disney merchandise. Like, it's just people who collect those figurines, and some of them are really rare, and they're like, that's a really expensive yeah. habit, but um. Yeah, they made a few announcements. They did. Uh, Pixar unveiled their lineup, a lot of which we've heard before, but there's upcoming, we have Finding Dory, which is a sequel to Finding Nemo, which I've never seen. I don't know how I've gone through I my whole... I gave it to you to watch. Yeah, it's been, it was lying in my room for like a year and I didn't watch it. Like, it's, I've watched every Pixar film. I love Pixar and for some reason I've just never watched Finding Nemo. This... This seems like I like I you know Gar, why my dislike for sequels yep. or the premise is it happened again. Yep. And basically this is that. It happened again. Yeah. Now just come see it. I'm sure it'll be fine. Ellen is in it. You like Ellen, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like Ellen Ellen is like the main drawing point for the sequel. Yeah, pretty much. But um uh, I really love saying Finding Nemo. It has uh, the kind of feels and emotional depth that that you know that Pixar are known for. Mm-hmm. Um it's one of their best. It's one of their most profitable profitable films behind uh, Toy Story, I think. Yeah, so, which we're also getting a sequel. They're getting Toy, Toy Story Four. Uh, apparently, Toy Story Four is focusing more on the interactions between the toys, so there won't be much humans. Yeah, it's in apparently it. a love story about how uh, Woody met Bo Peep, or Woody trying to find Bo Peep, or something. It's because, essentially about it's a romantic comedy starring Woody and Bo Peep. Yeah, so the, the human aspect is actually lessened in it, but uh, I, I imagine like because uh, her. Her character was absent from Toy Story 3. They have to go find her or something. Yeah, yeah they have to find her again, which is kind of the premise of all the Toy Story films. If you think something about gets it. lost, they go find them. Yeah. yeah. Woody and Buzz get taken in the car and then go to... What's the name of the next door neighbors? Kids? Buzz. No, Buzz, it's not Buzz. Buzz is Buzz, Buzz Lightyear. It's hardly Buzz. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah. Language advisory. Yeah. Uh, Spike? Spike. Yeah. Spike? Sp- it's Spike. No. Is it Spike? Spike? Ah, oh, damn it. Spud? Spud? We're it's, terrible Pixar fans, Ken. It's, it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, and the second one is, is what he gets kidnapped. You have to go find him. The third one is they all go to the, the, the place. The daycare center. Yeah. And Which no one gets kidnapped there, I suppose. But or, it's about the journey home, as, yeah. as, as all of them are. Uh, Incredibles 2, which is a long time in the making. Yeah, they set up the sequel with The Underminer and then turned that into a video game. So it was like 2005, I think that was. Give or take. 
2004 maybe so it's i think a, it was four a long time in the makings it's the best fantastic uh, film ever made cars three which is oh. inevitable like i know i know cars makes them lots of money yeah but i thought they were like satisfied with like spinning it off into cartoons in the plane series the merchandise for cars 2 was worth two billion alone apparently and like it's such a mediocre film it's it's just it feels like something pixar shouldn't be doing the first one was fine the second one was tolerable i, I didn't like the second one i think it's, i actually really liked the, i'm a defender of cars i'm a defender of the original film i like yeah. the original film it had a bit of heart to it i think a cool story yeah but the uh, second one is just like uh, this is blatantly being made to make money well, Pixar, you're better than this. Yeah, they are owned by Disney now, and Disney called the shots. So like, you know, I'm I'm even a little more on board with Toy Story Four because well, the first three Toy Stories are tremendous, and the cartoons they've been making since the kind of twenty minute specials for TV and shorts, yeah, have also been really really good. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a little more on board with this because they're still turning I, out really good stuff. Exactly, the, the characters are still, as you say, uh, have value and they're still turning out good stories. And I can kind of accept that. The first three films told one story. It it kind of it start it started it, it kind of continued then it ended wrapped it up with uh, with essentially the Andy trilogy as we could call it. Yeah, they're, they're moving into a new Toy Story era, are they? Yeah, so like I can accept that that's separate, and and like I don't think it ruins it by having another one, uh, especially if the other one is good. Exactly. But um, moving on, here, uh, uh, you're very excited. Because I'm very excited. They've announced that Big Hero 6, one of their recent hits, is going to be part of Kingdom Hearts 3. It's going to join Tangled as one of the worlds in Kingdom Hearts 3. And I'm super excited because Big Hero 6 is brilliant. And oddly enough, Baymax is going to be a villain, I hear. Yeah, the darkness, one of the spoilers for Big Hero 6, at the end he gets trapped in like a void. Yeah. And then he's, he's brought back to life by using a different ship. But the original Baymax is still stuck in the void. Yeah. And apparently the darkness corrupts his heart while he's in there and he's turned yeah. into a villain and obviously you have to save him and then you can fly around on him because Baymax is amazing and the best, amazing and the best and amazing. I am not good. I am not fast. I am evil. I, I love I love Baymax. <laughs> yeah, there was a giant inflatable Baymax uh, outside the, the film when we went to see it, wasn't there? No, uh, when I went to see something else that was there. And, I oh, and you didn't it. steal it. You sent me the photo and you didn't, st- as I can can't steal it my plan was to steal it but it didn't really work because you didn't do it um you backed yeah. out like a quitter i hope they get scott adsit to do the voice he's so good i love baymax but uh one of the main stories which uh continues to trend on, on cashing in on their recent investment in star wars, the star wars brand is they're opening star wars land in their theme parks yeah similar like, to like the, the wizarding world of harry potter and the universal theme parks it, yeah um, I, I don't know. Is is it is it kind of past that generation now? Not really, especially because they're making more films, so they're reaching a new one. I suppose, and that's kind of the drive, like the best way to drive children towards the Star Wars films. It's like, look, it's your favorite characters in these theme parks you go to, and that's why it's Disney own everything you love. Exactly, everything you love. It's like, oh no, I'm a Star Wars fan. Not oh, Disney. I'm an Indiana Jones fan. Oh, Disney. All oh, my favorite comic characters. Nope, still Disney. Yeah. Uh, Buzz and Mud- Disney. <laughs> Yeah. It's so, like, no, I, I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan. Uh, Disney owned the distribution rights to that. So yeah. pretty much Disney owned everything. Apparently it's going to have themed restaurants, themed... Um, themed worlds and roller coasters. Worlds. And, it's going to have three original rides in it to start off with. I assume some kind of Millennium Falcon themed ride. That's exactly right. You get to pilot the Millennium Falcon. Ooh. Yeah. So um, that Look. sounds promising. I would, you know, I'm not a, the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, but that, that would... That would be worth yeah. checking out. And uh, Universal announced they're making Nintendo rides soon as well. Ooh. Which I'm totally on board with. <gasps> Imagine you were in the game. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly what they should do. Jumping if you're listening to Universal, do it. Yeah. Do it. Do a good Mario Kart ride too. <gasps> that would be awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. They should, they should, tra- they should pay us to, to, to design this. I'd, I'd, I'd go to town on that. Oh my gosh. It, oh my. I'm just excited <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah, you just want to go. It's just like, I've got to go. Um, anything else interesting from E3 that you can recollect there? Uh, not really. There, that, that seems to be like they uh, revealed some Captain America footage, but they didn't leak it online. So I have no idea what it looks like. They they kind of alluded to their next feature as well. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. I think The Rock's being linked with it too, isn't he? There's Mona. That's coming up in yeah, the coming I th- years. Yeah, I think he's doing a live action for them as well. Uh, the Jungle Cruise 
You know that ride? Yeah. They're doing a film of that. Basically. Yeah, I think I think The Rock's been linked with that. Based on their on their trend of making their rides into films. Yeah, and their old uh, animated films into films. They'll make anything into a film. Anything they own, basically. Yeah, it's just like, and Pirates of the Caribbean is one of the biggest franchises in the history of film. It worked. Uh, the Country Bears, not so much. No. But uh, this uh, it's got DJ in it, so it's, it sounds like something that could work. Pretty much. And they have another feature coming up where uh, all, the, and all the characters are anthropomorphic animals. Is it like... Five Nights at Freddy's the movie. Something like that. It's like, you know, Animal World. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, they, they were pushing that quite a lot, D3 as well. So look out for that in the future. Um, yeah. That's yeah. D23 the... seems totally magical again. So uh, we encourage you to check out the footage online, check out the photos, because uh, Disney tweeted about it extensively on social media, and it's magic, and, and watch it. Yeah. And we will go there someday, and we will do a podcast live from D3. We will. D23, I should probably. Indeed. I promise. You know it's not going to be magical this year, Ken? Do tell. Christmas. Christmas is cancelled, Ken. Christmas is over. All the magic, joy, and whimsy in the world is gone. Christmas is done. Santa's gone bankrupt. After all those years of, of, of dishing out the toys, he's finally, finally he's, lost his shirt. He's run out of money, giving us all free stuff and doing his magical reindeer powers and yeah. flying over the world. Clearly that costs a lot of money and we haven't been kicking back. Like, I wonder if Santa's is his currency, like, you know, love and appreciation. A lot of overheads We'd, yeah. or, or belief. Yeah, we're not believing him enough. So he, he can't pay his bills and he, he's gone bankrupt. Uh, I think it was fine, Gar, when we all wanted wooden trains and little dollies. But when he had to start forking out for iPods and iPads yeah. and laptops <laughs> and mobile phones, that's he, when... He has to pay for the technical expertise of the, the new elves. It's like, look, Santa, we don't know how to make these things. And Steve Jobs held them over a barrel. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, we're not selling them to you wholesale. Pay individually. He's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I don't want to disappoint the children. And yeah, now he's gone bankrupt, Ken. He owes Finland 200 grand in tax money. Santa pays tax, Ken, in Finland. <laughs> Do we know where Santa is right now? Did he skip the country? Yeah, he's, just, he's fled. Christmas isn't going to happen. Obviously, this isn't the real Santa. Uh, up in Finland, there's a theme park called Santa Claus Village. It's it's the one, though. It's the one that yeah, everyone goes to. It's the main one. 300,000 people of over 100 different nationalities visit every year, apparently. That's a lot. That's a lot of people going up to Finland just to say hello to Santa. Yeah, it's like it's like considered the like the Santa... Yeah, this is a Santa experience. Yeah, exactly. A Santa's office was where, which is where people went and met Santa and got some token weird-looking toys. Uh, owes Finland two hundred grand, and they're potentially going out of business. That's like that's like I know that's a lot of money, but it's like considering what must be the turnover for three hundred thousand people, it like it seems like a small amount of money to drive them out of business. Is Santa like a tax exile? He's just like not going to pay my tax. Jump on the sled, fly away. I'm technically a magical being. I'm from nowhere. Yeah, he's flying away on Rudolph. Uh, so apparently they're they're not doing so well in the tourist numbers lately. Yeah, so the believers are are dwindling. Yeah, it's just like oh, I'll go to my local Santa in the mall. But you're kind of getting that generation now that you know, especially of six cynical hipsters, where they're not into letting their kids believe in Santa anymore. Yeah, I think there was like a whole Judge John Hodgman episode about that, where one parent wanted to take the credit. Essentially, yeah. it's like, why do we do these things for our children and then give the credit to some fictional old man? That's the, yeah, that's the point. Like people are just kind of getting to a point where like I pay for this, I work for this, and I, why should I not tell my kid that I've done this for you? You greedy parents. Yeah. You greedy self. This isn't about you, parents. This is about the joy and wonder and magic of Christmas. You're making you're, Santa bankrupt. You're ruining Christmas, bankrupting Santa, and eliminating all magic from the world. And it's all your fault. Yeah, you. You. Santa might have gone bankrupt, Gar. But uh, it seems that Elmo, Cookie Monster, Big Bird, Oscar the Grouch, and friends are now on Easy Street as they've... Gone and so, uh, sold out. They sold it. They sold out to the man, Ken. They're a commercial property now. The Sesame Street is on HBO. Exactly. They sold out to make sure that they're not out on the street. Yeah. Oh, they have to shut the... <laughs> they're living literally on Sesame Street for <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Big Bird busking on the corner. <laughs> Basically, PBS, due to dwindling numbers and overheads, yeah, have they... had to forfeit the right to... Sesame Street, well, which they've had for four, over 40 years. Yeah, they used to make the money back on DVD sales, but now everything's on Netflix, so they're not making as much money. Yeah. So basically, HBO have come in and said, we'll have that. Yep. 
they lost 11 million, uh, 11 million last year, which is a reasonable chunk of change for just producing a television show the children love. Exactly. And with all the spin-off merchandise, you'd think they'd be doing well. you think just with Tickle Me Elmo alone, they'd be doing fine. Uh, but you, I reckon that that company's going to fleece them in those deals. They kind of... Yeah. They kind of. I reckon they get a lot of the profits. Like Fisher Price makes the Tickle Me Elmo. I reckon they get a lot of the money from that. Make a killing on it. But uh, it's heading to HBO, which made me sad. That made me very sad yeah. to hear. Well, PBS will get the new episodes eventually because it's new episodes that will air on PBS or HBO. And then nine months later, PBS will get the, the new episodes. But like how many kids watch HBO? Not that many. Maybe that's maybe that's the strategy. To, like, to get children, to get parents to... to get HBO for their kids. And then they watch Game of Thrones and watch exactly. True Detective. They're trying to diversify their audience and offer more services to more mm. sections of of age groups um yeah I, I don't know i just it seemed like like because sesame street seems like something so pure it was on pbs which is public publicly funded television um you know it was always jim henson's vision that it stayed that way you know that it, it'd be for the people and like like you know jim henson could have cashed in on it long ago but it was important to him that as an educational resource it was available to, to, to all children as far as disney didn't buy it disney tried to buy it they bought them off it and uh, they wanted Sesame Street as part of the deal. And that's why it broke down back when Jim Henson was alive, the deal to buy the Muppets. And that's why it took him so long to buy it. He resisted. Because that's, that's why I mean, he always wanted Sesame Street to be free, basically. Yeah, to be. It's a public resource. So it's Teach it's a shame. Teach children how to count and how to feel and believe. Exactly. I, I don't know. It just left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I know PBS are still going to get the episode, but I just thought... That it's kind of the end of an era in some ways. Yeah, can you tell me how to get the Sesame Street can? By paying HBO. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Moving right along. Yeah. Oh, oh hopefully can. Oh, moving that's a Muppets reference. That's yeah. a great song. It is a great song. Check it out on YouTube. That's like an early Netflix. Yeah. How uh, hopefully we get a, a Cookie Monster guest spot in Game of Thrones though. Cookie Monster want throne. Nom 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 nom. It would be or, good synergy, Ken. It would be good synergy. Mm-hmm. Or like one of the dragons grows up and it's Big Bird. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It's like, hi, everybody. Oh, I can't do bird. a decent Big Bird impression. Big Bird has a very distinctive he voice. He does a very distinctive voice. Carl Spinney does, still does it at part time. And yeah. he's in his 80s. I think he does it like when, when the, 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 the bits that matter. Yeah. Then oh. the, the, the other guy does the rest. Yeah. But we'll, let's, let's move on. We could talk about Sesame Street all day. Yeah, on the topic of Sesame. Game of Thrones, Ken. People are naming their children after Game of Thrones characters. People people are naming their children after stupidly named fictional characters, mostly in the UK. Because so I assume this is happening elsewhere. It's just that the, the the UK Office of National Statistics has revealed this. I haven't. I had not heard this story. You're you're the one that mentioned it to me. Yeah. Um. Could you give me some some examples? Because uh, as you as you mentioned quite often, I do, uh, spoiler alert. I do not watch Game of Thrones. Ken Ken is a freak. A horrible freak who doesn't watch Game of Thrones. But there is a picture of me on the internet sitting on the Iron Throne. So he is the King of Thrones. Suck it. Spoilers. That's yeah, how it ends. The King of Westeros. Yeah, Ken. <laughs> it just cuts to that photo. It's like Ken won the Game of Thrones. Nah, nah, nah. Over forever now. That's that, it. But the most egregious one is 53 people in the UK in 2014 named their child Khaleesi. That's just it's uh, that sounds like the 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 white trash name of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That's uh, Amelia Clark's character in Game of Thrones. In, in fairness, Khaleesi. some of them are okay as names. Uh, yeah, like Sansa's all right. It's it's pushing it, but Daenerys is pushing it. Daenerys Brienne... is very pushing. Nine people named their child Daenerys. There were six Sansas. Brienne is okay as well. Yeah. 244 areas that's not terrible either Uh, yeah it's a little obtuse but it's all right we had 18 theons which sounds like an alien it does Tyrions, 17 it sounds like your kid's going to be nothing but a super villain yep uh bran bran is an okay name as well that's quite a normal name yeah i don't know who i i've watched game of thrones i don't know who sandor is but apparently there's four sandors and why would you do that to your kids it's like it's just like in 10 years, the guy was named after a Game of Thrones character. I, and Ken, this uh, last year, it was 53 people. The year before, it was 50 people named Khaleesi. So there's a rise in the number of people naming their children. There's a rise, Khaleesi. There's a rise in the amount of dumbasses having children. Yeah, just, just stop doing this to your children. If you're listening, guys, wrap it up. Just wrap it up. It's not yeah. worth it. But um, 
Yeah, there's a there's a judge in New Zealand who's actually like in New Zealand. You have to if you're changing your name or you're filing a uh, a baptism cert or whatever to name your kid, they they have to approve it and the like the sensible the the judge actually has the chance to throw it out and he did it a couple of times. That seems sensible looking at this. <laughs> I wish I wish it would happen more in the UK, but like uh, you know, kids want people want to call their kids hashtag and dumb stuff like that. And selfie and other. Stop doing this to your children, people. Just call it them sounds, Greg. It seems like a really good idea at the time, really topical, really cool. Oh, and then no. down the line, your parent, you're, you're, you'll be like, you'll be on life support, and your child will be deciding whether to switch off off or not. And they'll be like, "You call me selfie, so yank." Doom. <laughs> there's, I don't think there's any Hodor's Ken, which is disappointing. That's the Game of Thrones Hodor. reference. Either. Oh, you, 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 I do know the reference. You're aware of the yeah, reference. I, I do know the reference. Get the reference, Hodor. That worrying set of statistics wraps up all the stories we have for you this week. I am sure we'll unearth some more in time for next week's show. We've got netpicks coming at you in just one sec, so do stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Welcome back to the Weekend Show. It's time for our weekly dip into the pool of the finest entertainment currently residing on the World Wide Web in Netflix. What do you got for us for this, this week, Gar? Uh, we, go on, we go on lots of random cinema trips, Ken. We do indeed. For example, tonight we're going to Paper Towns after this show. And just because. Uh, just because. It was going to be a great trip, but then my girlfriend wanted to come. Yeah. This is a film for you. <laughs> this is not for you. This is our rom-com. Yeah. Don't ruin it. So we go on a lot of these random uh, trips to the cinema where we go see a film we haven't necessarily heard of or not even particularly want to see. Yeah. But because we're bored, we go see it. Occasionally, you get terrible films like Drinking Buddies, which oh, is God. terrible. Not even the popcorn can make that good. And the popcorn was terrible on that film as yeah. well. And we're talking about films so bad they're good later. This film was just a bad film. Just terrible. I hated it. I like Nick Miller. Never watch it. Yeah, never anti net picks. Yeah, anti net. We should do that. It's like, things you should avoid on the internet. We should do that one week. Yeah, but occasionally, Ken. Occasionally, when you go see a random film you've heard very little about, that film turns out to be really, really good. It pays off. Yeah, in this instance, the film I'm talking about is what we did on our holiday, starring Rosamund Pike and David Tennant, Billy Connolly also. Yep, in we, the cast. Uh, we primarily went to see it because it has David Tennant and Ken's a big Doctor Who fan you're also a Doctor Who I fan I had watched it by then Ken that's true that's true um, it's a BBC Films production by the same people who made uh, oh god the show Outnumbered which is also a very good show yeah and it, it's very much inspired by Outnumbered it has that same kind of kids say the darndest things approach it's a, yeah it has that kind of like because a lot of Outnumbered was apparently improvised they it's had just like of, kids ramble do whatever you say whatever you want yeah so it has that improv improvisational tone anyway guys just during that pick so. and yeah just just like just like that the kids are the star of the film the, especially the 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 little boy comes out with the most random the random stuff yeah since the most random occasion like super deep thoughtful thoughts it's like wow <laughs> yeah but i i can't spoil the plot of this film because i think it, it's the twist in the middle that really makes this film because you think this film is going a certain way because yeah. it's a guy who's pretending to put on an, uh, a good relationship with his wife because he's visiting his sick and dying granddad yeah and it's his birth his, one of his big birthdays is coming up and they're they're getting divorced but trying to hide it from the family yeah so you think it's going in one direction but then it takes <laughs> it goes a, in a wholly different direction <laughs> and there is a point in the film where they went we were going to go holy expletive they actually did that yeah it's so good it's so it's super surreal the kids are great very sweet performance by billy Connolly as well yeah billy Connolly is really good it's on netflix at the moment yeah, I'm it's not, on irish netflix i'm it, not sure if it's on all netflix i reckon it's just on british and irish yeah it's not on international netflix because it's actually being released in theaters this year in the u.s interesting I so like go see it later. go see it u.s listeners if you're out there i yeah, think, I think it's copy. available to buy on itunes i think um, all our US listeners, uh, all two of you, uh, yeah. should, should should listen to it. Assuming we have any US listeners. Oh, if yeah. you do, come say hello to us on TWSKK on Twitter and Facebook. Yes. Say hello. Yeah. I've, I, I've, I've looked at the stats. Apparently we have some listenership in America. Oh, goody. We've cracked America, Gar. Yeah, we're, we're big in America. One of the biggest uh, Netflix properties that all podcasts and shows seem to be talking about recently is Wet Hot American Summer. It, which is a prequel series to the cult film that was made in 2000 and I, I released loved, in 2001. I love the basic premise of it. What? That it, This was a, a kind of real cult film released in 2001. 
Yeah. And it was people 10 years too old to be uh, than the, 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 the role they were playing. Yeah. It was like 20 roles playing teenagers. And the, the, their idea 20 years later or, when they, or 15 years later when they come back to it is have those same people in a prequel playing even younger people. They're, they're playing even younger versions of themselves even though they're another 10, 15 years yeah, older. I really like that. Four-year-olds playing teenagers mixed in with kids playing teenagers. So like, it's, it's very much a spoof. It doesn't pretend to be anything other than that. I didn't see the original film. I, I watched uh, the series. I watched it in two batches. Of, I've, uh, I've only watched the first episode of it. Um, I've, I wasn't too sure about it after the first episode because uh, I didn't know what it was going to be because I, sh- I, I, I didn't know what the actual show was or the film was about other than it took place on uh, on one day, the last day of camp. And basically, it's very true to the film. Like It has... Uh, now that I actually watched a documentary of the making of the film because that's also on Netflix. Now that I watched that, I can see like... Uh, like literally every single member of the cast came back to do it and it has a huge huge big name cast because a lot like of them bradley cooper paul rudd amy poehler h john benjamin um Moore, john ham yeah um oh, i can't remember the guy's name he's 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 in things though to the guy who played the guy with the frizzy hair that nope <laughs> uh uh, uh it has your man from sports night who's super charming jolo triglio yep it has it's, it's a huge, huge cast of people who weren't terribly famous at the time, but have since become the toast of Hollywood. And in fairness, we're talking about people playing uh, ten years to now fifteen years older than they should have been. Paul Rudd looks the same. Paul Rudd literally looks the exact same. He has the exact same haircut and everything. Yeah. I, I, I've seen clips from the How film. How does he do this? How does he do it, Ken? It's basically what it is. It's just kind of like a skit. It's like a prolonged skit. It's uh, it's kind of random humor where like you know uh. It has a it has a story arc, but th- like they kind of basically pay that off in some ways. But in some ways, they kind of ignore it because it doesn't really matter in the end. Yeah, it's just jokes. It's just random jokes and made like made up of very small scenes, which is the same as the film. It's it's it takes time to get used to. I have to say, I wasn't sure if I was liking it, even halfway through the series. But uh, on reflection, I just think it was like it's fun seeing all those like all those really big name actors and really really talented comedians just kind of having fun together yeah so uh it is worth checking out it's not a lot of time it's about four hours altogether investment of time so uh you could even binge it in one afternoon yeah, it has if you david wanted. hyde pierce as well uh who has a very small role in this but apparently has a very big role in the film i'm mm. going to watch the film as well so i would recommend it uh check it out on all netflix is uh, the film i don't think the film is on netflix it is, is it, it is, is it? On, also on netflix. It, it wasn't a few months ago i was like yeah, it's kind of odd that they're launching a property they don't have the film of. It's really funny because it's become a, a cult film and we're going to talk about that phenomenon later. Yeah, I think uh, it was one of those films that was like repeated to death on cable TV. Because it was so cheap because it was made for about $1.2 million in the end. Yeah, they actually like... 1.8, sorry. They actually lived on the camp. Yeah. And the actors camp- like stayed in bunks and ate camp food. But like they lost like sh- uh, sh- sh- expletive <laughs> load, load, of, load of money on it. It only made about $250,000. Yeah. Uh, and it was panned it's come good in the end though it's come good in the end. it's actually a, a very profitable movie now yeah and david wayne uh and his partner whose name also escapes me because he's been in stuff but he's not terribly famous <laughs> show alter something show alter these people show alter. you see yeah uh show alter it's, it's a weird name anyway but uh they've continued to work in hollywood and i'm sure this will uh boost their careers again what what is your your subsequent neck pick scare we both have podcasts upcoming again podcasts you see me being a, an economics master that's that's officially that's, that's that's not me bragging i will be a master of economics soon in waiting yeah at the moment until i finish my thesis exactly i like economic things i think freakonomics is a really good book uh, the third one not so much because it's basically the podcast just turned into book form which is fine if you haven't listened to the podcast but it's lazy i am going to recommend the podcast ken freakonomics radio hosted by stephen levitt or stephen dubner stephen levitt occasionally guest stars on it yeah it's mostly dubner just telling stories and talking to interesting people about interesting things yeah like why diamonds are essentially worthless that's interesting yeah and do you have to be a fan of, of economics or business to like this podcast no it's it's, it's really approachable the, the economics is at times it, it's more social sciences than kind of pure like fiscal policy and monetary policy so it's concepts that affect us all on a daily basis yeah and that they kind of go into behavioral economic stuff as well which is much more interesting than fiscal or monetary policy why do we do things and where can we find it it's on itunes and every other podcast provider so that's Freakonomics, Freakonomics Radio, I should say. Freakonomics Radio hosted by Stephen Dubner.
And if you're interested, check out the books because they're yeah. a good read. But ignore books the third one, according to Gareth. Yeah, there is the fourth that I haven't read, but it's, just, it's a compilation of their blog posts. God, they're getting lazy and lazy. It sounds like, a little lazy, doesn't it? Cause the first two we wrote books, now we're just going to take stuff that we put on the internet. Yeah, because that's kind of what they did with the third one as well. Because it's just like, these are stories you told on the podcast. Why are you putting them in book form for money? Uh, I also have a podcast, as you mentioned, Gareth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend Talk is Jericho. By the former, pro- well, still current. Occasionally, part- he wrestles on house shows. Part-time wrestler, Chris Jericho, and he's also leader of the band Fozzy. Who cares about that, though? No, I, don't, I, I went to a Fozzy signing just to get his autograph. Yep. Now, uh, as a personality, I don't usually like Jericho because like, he's kind of in the vein of the likes of Diamond Dallas Page, where he's yoga, kind of a shameless self-promoter. Like, he's like, he's very much like... Oh, look at what I'm doing. I'm hosting this show, but even though I'm not really great at hosting shows. And his shows, eyebrows creep me out. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an actor, even though I'm not really a good actor. I'm in these terrible movies that I want you to watch, even though they're not good. He can't really accept that he's in his 40s either. No, he's like getting tattoos and like highlights in his hair. Uh, so I find him annoying in nearly every other media endeavor he does besides wrestling. And even then, sometimes I used to fast forward through his matches because yep. he had to say match a lot. Would you agree with that? Guy? Yeah, especially like the, the, phrase, uh, the phase from like, 2002 to 2005 ish before he left for a while yeah he was doing the same thing over and over again there he was phoning in but he he's like he's a very good talk show host uh in 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 the in the podcast format he like he, he does his research for interviews he knows his he knows his background information he he asks interesting questions um sure he shills his stuff because you know to give podcasts on the air you have to shill a certain amount of merchandise pretty much but uh, he doesn't just uh interview uh wrestlers either he rest he interviews uh musicians because he's obviously interested in that he interested t- he's interested in tv personalities especially he, he interviewed josh gates once ken yes we love josh gates we do love josh gates and destination truth yeah he's very into the supernatural and the paranormal as well and uh cryptozoology so he interviews those people and uh like people from hollywood just that he's just kind of meets uh on on his various projects like uh he recently interviewed dennis haskins who plays uh, principal building and say by the bell so it's not just for wrestling fans and he uh, he gets a good caliber of star he really like he really makes a good effort to to do good interviews so uh that's talk is jericho available on podcast one and itunes it's basically the opposite of steve austin's podcast yeah he, he, like he puts in a lot of effort he gets good guests and more often than not i find myself enjoying the episode like if i don't like a, if i don't like the look of a podcast i just won't listen yeah delete or, uh, delete or which if, hopefully you never do to us people you don't listen do to every to episode <laughs> from start to finish or if i'm not liking it in the middle i'll just give up on it but like i find myself listening to talk is jericho start to finish more often than not it's it's a good one so check it out that's about all the picks we have for this week more next week if you check out any of our recommendations, let us know your thoughts on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK or tweet us on Twitter at TWSKK. We posted cat gifts this week, so cat, you're missing out if you're not following us on a Twitter. A cat fending off a pig from a cardboard box. The cardboard box is the cat's domain, keeping the pig out of the cardboard box. Stay away from my castle. Next, we'll talk movies that are so bad, they're actually good. But after a quick message from Bruce. Take it away, Bruce. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. And a very welcome back to the weekend show. You know, if it's one thing myself and Gar love, it's curling up on the couch with a bad movie. To us, there is nothing quite like it. So this week, we thought we would have a chat about what is genuinely one of our favourite things. And it seems that we're not alone in our peculiar pastime, as this has become something of a cult phenomenon, Gar. This was inspired uh, last week, I think it was last Thursday? Yes. Uh, we were, you were over at our house, finishing yes. a video you were editing for, for work. Yes. And we naturally, we stay up late watching TV. Yes. We watch an episode of Ghost Hunters, as you do. We'll we'll get to a, we'll have a segment on that. Yeah, one we're, we're going to do a ghost on our ghost shows segment at, around Halloween. So stay tuned for that. But but before that, we watched a terrible film. We were like, oh, do you want to watch a film? It's like okay, and we, you know, you skim through good films. They're like, uh, who wants to watch good films? And then we came across a film Ken called Zombievers. Zombievers. That's exactly what it sounds like. As chemicals are spilled into a dam, beavers are turned into zombies. And um, made kind of sentient sentient yeah there's somewhat smart. well beavers are sentient anyway but beavers are organized though beavers yeah. are smart but uh it should be noted that in in the, there's two distinct genres now because 
there's there's cult films that were became cult films because they're bad and people enjoy watching them because yeah. they find them funny in how hilariously mishandled and poorly made and just it, it, despite how earnestly they were made it's just yeah. like how did you do it so badly it's more funny if it was made with the intention of being good yeah this film was one of those uh, falls into the genre of trying to capitalize on that market mm-hmm. by intentionally being bad just being kind of hammy and over the top and stupid and just so that's become a genre of itself you're trying to actually access this market by doing it wrong on purpose which yeah. does which always you can always see through all the time though yeah I, I, there was a point of the film where you were particularly proud of yourself ken i was yeah ken called the one who would be topless yes <laughs> there, there was three female characters and ken analyzed which one he believed would end up being topless and she was topless literally two minutes later <laughs> yep he nailed it it's like that's the slutty the unnecessarily slutty one that's that that's just like that's there to get her boobs out really one-dimensionally sexually explicit for no reason even though she lasted till the end ken she did she was the she was like ne- well she was the sole survivor till she got hit by that truck yeah spoilers uh, no one wants uh, no one's gonna be like oh you spoiled beaver on me no but the zombie zombie zombievers were organized because like you think zombies are brainless idiots but the zombies uh zombievers i should say beavers they uh they surrounded the cabin that they were he- they yeah. held up in so they couldn't leave and they cut the phone that lines. That was my favorite part. They cut the phone lines. These beavers have become intelligent in their zombie ways. And they cut the phone lines. And they dammed the roads. Yeah, they put like put they built dams on the roads so the, the teens couldn't escape. Yeah, they couldn't drive out. I don't know why they couldn't climb over the dam on, on foot. I suppose they were being chased by the zombievers. And, and the, they cut trees down and the trees fell on people. <laughs> yeah. The film took an interesting turn as well. You think, oh, it's just about zombievers. Like, think you, you, if a zombie were come up, you just kick it away or something. Yeah. But uh, they bit some of the teenagers who then became half human, half That beaver, was the best zombies. part of the film. Because there, there's like a lesbian sex uh, scene where you're like, is she dreaming this? Because it, you know, it's the kind of thing that's, uh, oh, it's a dream. Yeah. And she suddenly turns into a beaver right when they're making out and doing the lesbian sex scene. A half human zombie. Yeah. And then he tries to eat him. And it's like, is, this is real. This is happening in the film. And at one point... Uh, one of them turns into a zombie beaver and a guy gets his dick bitten off. Yeah, bitten straight off. And then he gets burnt to death. Yeah, this this film is fairly gruesome at times. So while I, while I was wary of the fact that it was trying to be bad, it succeeded. In it its, very much succeeded. The, yeah. the, the zombie people turned, uh, the beaver people even, really pushed it over the edge of being, this is great. Exactly. So it was, it was trying to tap into that kind of cult market of so bad it's good, people will watch it to trash it, but it worked. So we thought we'd talk about those films. Sharknado is the big one these days. Yeah, the Sharknado trilogy. Yeah, they made franchise. three. I haven't watched the second two. I can't bring myself to watch the second two. Yeah, with Earing, Ian Zeering of... I, it's, it's Ian Zeering, Ken. Ian, Ian? It's Ian, yeah. He, he was on The Celebrity Apprentice. He insists it's Ian. Okay. Because your name is Ian. Get over it. Yeah, of 90210 fame. Um, I, I, I've, I've seen the first one. The, uh, the first one is just ludicrous. Uh, sci-fi are very much in the business of making bad movies they are these days but like again they're in the genre of they're bad on purpose pretty much they churn them out yeah and people i mean like that's almost what they're known for these days uh then you have the distinction like uh films like the room which is described as the citizen k of bad movies <laughs> yeah from the wikipedia <laughs> made by uh, an american tommy wiseau who for some reason sounds german yeah. or european that doesn't sound like a very Amer- in fairness is there such thing as an american name apparently he spent time in quote europe he spent like uh like like over 10 million dollars on this film he, like he had he shot it in 3d really like 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 apparently he got like apparently he was involved in the mob and that's how he got the money for it <laughs> uh but like this was a serious endeavor for him like he was gonna launch his career and direct produce and star in this movie um uh, if you're if you've been to college, you've probably seen it because it's one of those things that spreads by word of mouth. Where you have to watch it because it's kind of a, a rite of passage. Yeah, to watch it. Uh, I haven't seen it actually. If you fancy having a long life, don't watch it because it will literally <laughs> take years off your life. <laughs> I mean, what's it about? Um, this guy called uh, I can't remember. Uh, uh, he has he has a, a fiance called Lisa, who 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 uh, who cheats on his. Uh, on his best friend like he cheats on him with his best friend mark uh and then he finds out about it and he's all like ah <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great it, expression of anguish yeah, and he's he's like 
and like one of the famous lines like you're tearing me apart lisa <laughs> and uh basically it's so, so badly cut, like it's really badly dubbed uh, like the the audio like the the green screening is really obvious uh they use the same sex scene twice that's always nice uh it's same, literally the exact same footage where he's pumping her belly button okay uh that's rather rather at one point the mother says uh, uh, lisa's mother uh Calls over and goes, "Yup, I've got cancer." It's never mentioned again. <laughs> There's a creepy. Those are the emotional stakes they're introducing, Ken. <laughs> the emotional stakes. There's a creepy, creepy. Uh, I thought it was Lisa's brother, but apparently it's just a neighbor kid who she is taking on because he's trouble. He's got he's uh, called Denny, who wants to basically have sex with Lisa and Tommy, Tommy Wiseau, who made the film. Yeah, uh, he's staring at it so, naturally. Like he's like a child, but like he's really creepy and he's always like leering around and. Uh, <laughs> And then, like, Tommy's, like, Tommy's, like, taking one of his wing because he doesn't want him to fall down the wrong path. It's like, stop saying the drugs, Tommy, or whatever. Or, or Denny. I think it's Denny. His name was. Basically. And then uh, he finds out about the affair, trashes the place. I can't, like, I've seen this film once because I couldn't bring myself to watch it again. He ends up dead at the end. Uh, spoilers, if you want to watch it, he ends up dead. Uh, I can't remember how, though. Does he kill himself due to the anguish? And then it's like, the whole thing is like, these people are terrible. You've killed the greatest man in the world. He was just about to get the promotion at work and he was helping Denny get his life together. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, bad films. Um, so, and like, I described that film in detail and you still have no idea what it's about. Yeah, it's just like cheating something, people. Uh... <laughs> like, because like, that's the only way I can describe it because it's just so haphazard. It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, other films that was meant, that were meant, weren't meant to be bad, but they are. Uh, Marine 3, Homefront, also uh, a film with a wrestler in it. Starring Mike the Miz Mizanin. Of WWE fame. We're, we're kind of very wrestling heavy this week. I like the Miz, but but Miz, you're not a very good actor. And he's not a convincing Marine. No, he's not a, He's not even remotely convincing and in kind of a tough guy role. He, he's making like the tough guy face. Yeah, he's, he's literally he's like... <laughs> and like literally everyone dies. Yep. Everyone gets like... And like, like everyone gets... like It's just like... It, they're completely senseless like people just blowing up or dying left and right it's like a road action film plot the miz is just there yeah. he's trying trying to act trying to put on his acting faces yeah acting face tough yeah. face danger face yeah um it spawned a sequel he's gonna be in a fourth one i'm looking forward to it yeah we watched it one day and it's just like oh yeah <laughs> Just a kind of expression of what? Uh, like so, basically, this premise is that he's a marine home from from somewhere or other, the war or something, the war somewhere, and then his sister is mixed up in the wrong business or something. Yeah, people are kidnapped. He has to go find them, try to get them out, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, I was out, but they pull me back in," and he just goes off and kills everyone. Yep, and then he walks away. Yep. He's, he's killed literally dozens of people, but then he walks away at the end. Everything is fine. He's he's the hero, Ken. He can kill as many people as is necessary. I think there's some bent cops in there somewhere as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's a usual. bad film, but yeah. watching Miz try to act will never not be a joy. Yeah. Films like that, 12 Rounds 2 with Randy Orton. Yeah, basically any WWE film ever made. Some of them have been turned in the corner. Basically the ones without superstars as the stars. Yeah. And that they co-finance. They're the only successful. Anything that stars Halle Berry is fine. There's Anything all, else. Uh, the Piranha franchise. Which, again, made with the intention of being bad. Kind of. Yeah. I well, think. the first one, I think, was meant to be good. And then they... Like, just got, embraced how terrible it was. And they just made... 3 Double D was the most recent yeah, one, when, when your film is called Piranha 3 Double D, you, you kind of know exactly what you're going to get. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. It's... it's uh, I watched the third... The 3 Double D one. There's not nearly as many boobies as I was hoping for. <laughs> it's just like, ah, God, you, I watched it for the boobs. You promised the boobs. You pretty much put it in the title. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, girl, what, what do you think has led to this thing of people seeking out bad movies to watch them? Is it is it just uh, some horrible masochistic tendency to enjoy bad things <laughs> put yourself through misery? But like there is the thing that they're so bad that they're they're, they're funny. Like, they're, yeah, they come back out the other side. Like they're, they're, they're actually unintentionally comedic, but there's actually, I think it's because like, as I said, I watched a lot of these films in college 
So I think just something about the the group thing of like sitting together and mocking something, and not actually, even necessarily watching it. You're like, because you, like most of you've seen it before, but you, like you'll just you all laugh at the kind of the shout out how scenes. stupid it is, or like uh, like people. Everyone likes to think they're funny, so like people crack their own jokes about the 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 high points, which most would consider low points. Yeah, I think Community did a bit about that around Kick Puncher, didn't they? Yeah, around sitting around making jokes. Yeah, and like everyone's everyone wants to be the guy that makes the funny quip. Yeah. Uh, so like I think it's kind of a, it's it's partly because they, they're so bad they're funny, but it's also a kind of a a, a communal thing and uh, being part of a group and kind of getting to show off how funny you are. Yeah. Basically, you do enjoy showing off how funny you are, Ken. So what do you consider regard the distinction between a genuinely good bad movie that's confusing <laughs> and one yeah, a film that is generally enjoyable in spite of how terrible it is and one, you know, that's just bad. Yeah. Yeah. What's the distinction there? Uh, you see, there there are films that, that treat things like super seriously. Yeah. That if if you watch them as a comedy, then, you know, with, with like very kind of forced dialogue and it's like they're they're emoting all the time you know like jupiter ascending yeah like jupiter ascending is a ridiculous film if you jupiter watch ascending, if you watch that as a comedy if you sit there and watch it like under the base assumption that this is supposed to be funny yeah it's hilarious especially eddie redmayne who should have his oscar revoked <laughs> give it back i actually going to start a campaign to have his oscar revoked for how terrible he was in that film Released the same year he won the Oscar. He should have it taken off of him, Ken. Should we create a hashtag for we that? We should. Uh, um, revoke Redmayne. Yeah, re- yeah, that doesn't sound catchy enough, Ken. <laughs> hashtag Oscar out. Yeah, Oscar out. Take Redmayne's Oscar away from him. He doesn't deserve it. So, like, I, I think it's, all, as you say, it comes down to the intent. Because, like, when it's made with the intention of being, like, a serious film. And, like, people, like, put their, like, like blood sweat and tears and, and wrote and went yeah this is a serious piece of filmmaking and then it ends up being <laughs> terrible stupid <laughs> just like and like like and the, fun, the funny thing is how oblivious they are in the filmmaking process yeah to how absolutely terrible it is i suppose they all say there's the movie you write and then there's the movie you shoot and then there's the movie you edit so it ends up as a different thing but uh the poor people that poured their heart and soul and into these films it's, it's no fun when they embrace it sometimes it's not fun when they embrace it like tommy yeah. wiseau tried to say that the room was a comedy eventually and it's like, just like stop it no tommy stop no. it you tried no. to make a film and it was terrible it's funny because you thought it was serious yeah uh and you spent shitloads of money on it language advisory indeed you're throwing out a bunch of s-bombs bunch today. Of s-bombs today ken we figured uh we're talking about sci-fi earlier and yeah. sci-fi make a lot of these films ken they make yeah, a lot they tend, of these... these films tend to either be really hokey sci-fi's or terrible horror films, like, and 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 there's a bit of action, but I I would reckon that the majority of these films end up in the sci-fi or horror franchise. So I figured I I quiz you. I do we, like a quiz. I do we, enjoy a quiz. We have a quiz. So I have a list of ten titles in front of me. Okay. With okay. There's titles of sci-fi films, and Ooh. I have a, I have a little plot description as well, just to help you along. I made up some of them. I'm not going to tell you how many I made up, so you you have to kind of judge. You have to tell me whether this is a real film sci-fi made or whether I've made it up. The channel sci-fi. Yeah. They turn out loads of these. Do I have to ring in? Uh, We don't have a buzzer. Bing! Yay! (laughs) So the first one, Ken, Ghost Shark. A shark is cruelly murdered and comes back to life as a ghost to exact revenge. Real or fake? I'm going to say because they have the Sharknado franchise, that sounds too similar. So I'm going to say fake. It's a real film. <laughs> they make Ghost Shark. I agree with that because the idea of a shark coming back as a ghost and murdering people who wronged him is hilarious. My, yeah, my instinct was to go with real because like sci-fi make an awful lot of garbage. But I, 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 I guess wrong. Yeah. yeah. Okay, again. Mark that one off. That's a wrong. We'll say you get half of them right, you win. Okay. No, uh, if I get, like, get more right than I get wrong, surely. Well, there's, there's five of them, so so we'll say five or more. Okay. Okay. Next up, Ken, The Dreadening. The okay. Rapture hits and a group of people deemed worthy have to survive long enough to go to heaven or else they become zombies. Um, That sounds too close to the premise of uh, this is the end, so I'm going to say fake. It is fake. Yes. I should have come up with a better plot. Back I, on track. You see, I came up with the name The Dreadening, because I think that's a good name. That sounds like a sci-fi film. Dreadening, but I, I could have, should have come up with a better plot. All right, so that's correct. I win. Uh, next up, Ken, 
icy bread people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a chemical is slipped into bread, which creates living gingerbread men, which then run havoc, uh, wreak havoc and kill people. So humans turn into gingerbread men. No, the, the gingerbread men that are being baked in a bakery turn real. That sounds ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. I'm going to say real. It's fake. Ah, I made up. Ah, I see bread people. I should have thought Shrek. Uh, either way, I, uh, alternative titles, Night of the Living Bread <laughs> or Dawn of the Bread. <laughs> I've had a great deal of that. That's my favorite one. Actually. This is the best segment we've done in, in, yeah. in, in all our episodes. Uh, next up, Ken, Return of the Living Dead 5, Rave from the Grave. Uh, a drug create, uh, X creates zombies, which then wreak havoc at a Halloween rave. The fifth film in this franchise. Uh, of the Dawn of the Dead franchise? No, Return of the Living Dead. So five. It's, it's a ripoff. Apparently. And there's been five of them. I'm going to say real. It's real. Yes. It's real. Correct. You're too, you're too, too right, too wrong. Next up, Man Bear Pig Vengeance. Sequel to the original Man Bear Pig, where he comes back from the dead as Zombie Man Bear Pig, uh, attempting to get revenge for society, which wouldn't accept his freakish nature. Man Bear Pig sounds like something that I've heard of before, but I think it's something in a different film. I don't think it's a film of its own. I'm going to say fake. It's fake. Yes. Made up Man Bear Pig. Man Bear Pig Vengeance. Vengeance. It's the sequel. <laughs> Gar, we are just giving sci-fi so many ideas for films. Yep. Like, Garrett, if we see if we see the gingerbread men film, or Man I want, I want the icy bread people made. I, I, I want this to become a thing. But what if if they, if they, if they take icy bread people, we sue their asses? Yeah. Or if they ask us to make it, I totally will write that script. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next up, Bromageddon, an energy drink, turns people into obnoxious bro zombies who are obsessed with fist pumping people to death. Uh, Inspired I, by the Jersey Shore craze. Yeah, I know you're a fan of Impact Wrestling who have a Jersey Shore type yeah, character. Robbie, bro. That sounds, that sounds so like it could be real. But it's like, it sounds very thin for a premise. Like, how could you kind of get the whole film out of that? Ken, all of these are very thin for a premise. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to work through my process here. Okay. I'm going to say fake. It is fake. Yes. Yeah, you got inside my own head there, yeah. you see. Um, next up, Lavalantula. A volcano erupts and unleashes a swarm of lava-breathing tarantulas. Hmm. Yeah. How do, how do they survive? In... I have no idea. <laughs> so they, they're, they're just like born in there or something? Apparently, and then they can spew lava all over the place and they're spiders. Like giant tarantulas aren't scary enough. They have to be lava-breathing giant tarantulas. That's just stupid enough to be real. So I'm going to say real on that one. It is. It's real. Lavalantula is a film. <laughs> I want to see it now. Yep. Um... Let's see. Next up, Dino Croc versus Super Gator. A lab creates two giant reptiles. They escape and wreak havoc. Dino Croc versus Super Gator. I'm going to say real. It's real. I've seen it. You've seen it? <laughs> yeah. Is it good? Uh, no, but uh, uh, it's... Uh, let's, let's leave that there. Yeah, let's, <laughs> just, let's just leave it like that. Pumpkinhead, Ashes to Ashes. When townspeople find a mortician is stealing organs and dumping the bodies, they punish that person by getting a witch to to summon Pumpkinhead, who then naturally doesn't do what they ask and kills everybody. Hmm. Pumpkinhead sometimes like I, I know there's a hmm. I know there's like a, a story, a Pumpkinhead story. There's something that's that seems familiar to me. Hmm. I'm gonna say fake. It's real. Ah, it's real. Ah, I excited myself out there because I was like. Sounds like something I've heard yeah. of, but if it's, it, I thought it was something from something else. It's a sequel to the 1988 film Pumpkinhead, and there was a third one as well. <laughs> See, I thought it was gonna, uh, like, yeah, that's what they do. They kind of resurrect, yeah, these. resurrect these just stupid franchises that, that like no one wanted in the first place. Exactly. All right, Ken, you currently have five out of the ten, so I think we're, we're technically designating a victory, but this is the last one. Okay, Man with the Screaming Brain. The brains of a Russian taxi driver and a wealthy businessman are brought together in one body by a mad scientist. Russian. Uh, I'm going to say... Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say fake. Oh, it's real. Oh, damn it's it. real. It's a real film starring and directed by Bruce Campbell, <laughs> who is pretty much the king of these kind of films, isn't he? That's his, it's like his, his, his wheelhouse. So you got, Ken, one, two, three, four, five, five. You got half of them right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Because literally all of those could be real. In fairness, I'm, I'm quite proud of Icy Bread People. 
I want that to become a real film. Gosh, should we have a future spotlight in which we present the script for IC? Hey, we were going to write that and then we we're going to pitch it to sci-fi. We'll have a read through. Yeah. We'll get other people in and actually perform Icy Bread People. Okay, so what are your terrible movies that you love to hate? We've all got our faves and we are curious to hear yours. Enlighten us and let us know what you think on Twitter at TWSKK and on Facebook at TWSKK. We will be right back to say au revoir. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at SoundCloud.com slash The Weekend Show. Okay, cult podcast fanatics, if you're out there listening, thank you for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. You can find a new episode every Sunday at soundcloud.com forward slash The Weekend Show and all good podcast providers, including iTunes. Yeah, you could write us a review on iTunes. If you feel like it. Yeah, you know, it helps. Ideally, it works super good. You know, and it's brilliant. If you have a bad review, keep it to yourself. Exactly. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And where can they find us on Twitter, Gar? At TWSKK. Our theme music is by Mr. John. And until next time, say goodbye, Gar. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody. (laughs) 